Welcome, one and all, to episode 201 of Dude and the Monkey. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Mark Foster. Hello, everybody. And on this week's show, as I tuck into Elvis Juice, uh, which is making me feel morally conflicted, given the news that's come out about BrewDog this week. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're increasing their weatherkeds sticks quite, quite regularly out there at the moment. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I really like Elvis Juice, and I, I really like Elvis Juice. I quite like the hot fiction as well, but I, 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 I can't go with punk IPA. With what? With, with punk IPA. Oh, I love punk IPA. The only, the only thing is tangent already. But the only yeah. thing I'm going to say is that that news came out. Fair enough. I understand that they felt threatened and whatnot. Maybe get some legal advice before you go ahead and change your name and do all that stuff, and and it then comes out in the press after you've done all that stuff. I I know Brewdog have not commented and whatnot, but I maybe would like to know how much legal stuff they did actually pursue because they make it sounds like it sound like they did nothing because they were afraid of Brewdog, and. Um. From from what I've uh, have been told, because Brewdog have a bar in in York. From what I've been told um, by certain people who have uh, bars around where they are, um, they as a company can be a little bit funny. Okay, what I'll fair say. enough. Um, I, I, I won't use the, 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 the full thing that I was told by somebody who I know quite well who's a really nice guy who wants a bar up the road from it. Uh, he might have described them as a um, bunch of up their own posterior vaginas. Right, fair <laughs> enough. That makes me feel... It does make me feel bad about buying it, but I don't buy... I don't buy Brewdog for the punky attitude. I genuinely buy their stuff because I think a lot of their stuff tastes nice the stuff that do- I don't like I don't buy 5am saint can fuck itself don't like it yeah that's the thing I I, I, I get the occasional thing of, of Elvis juice um, and um, but at the moment I'm, 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 but the thing I, I buy some of Brooklyn or I buy anything else that I see um, that I like the look of vocation man I am. Yeah, well, I've been getting some of the Brew York stuff uh, recently, and it's it, it, it's very nice. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, it's um, fuck. I had this grapefruit. Speaking speaking of Elvis juice, I had this grapefruit one that I actually got in Tesco the other day because Tesco seems to be all about the craft beers these days. They do have good selection. Yeah, I can't remember for the life of me what it was called, but it was bloody lovely. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> this week, instead of re- reviewing Life and The Lost City of Z, or, or The Lost City of Z, like we were planning on doing, on, um, was it Sunday? Um, Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah, that was right. Saturday night. I just kind of, I just WhatsApp Mark and I just went, like, because we'd, appre- we'd agreed Lost City of Z because it worked out better for Mark. Hmm. I WhatsApped, I can't remember how the conversation exactly went, but it was just like... I can't be asked with the lost city of Z. Yeah, you, you, you were like, you, you. I don't even think you were that. You were like, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it. Is, is how you described it. And then I, I was very much like, do you know what? In my brain, I was thinking, 
Ian's really been really quite excited about Power Rangers, and if he can only go and see one movie this week, and I make him go and see The Lost City of Z, which I know he'll watch when it comes out on home video, instead of seeing Power Rangers, and he has to sit through what is probably a very good movie, but it's two and a half hours long, when all he's thinking is, I don't wish I was watching Power Rangers right now. Yes. I would have felt I would have felt bad. So I, I, I kind of insisted and said, no, please go and see Power Rangers. Because the other thing is, I, I thought is, I'm probably not going to get to the cinema until Monday morning. Um, and I looked and thought, hang on a minute, on a Monday morning, do I want to go and see, at like half past ten, do I want to go and see a two and a half hour, what is going to be a very good movie, but a very serious movie, uh, because it's a James Gray movie, it's going to be very serious. Yes. Or do I want to go and watch Power Rangers? And I just thought, I kind of want to go and watch Power Rangers because I know that, I, I, I thought, do you know what, no matter what happens with Power Rangers, there's going to be enough in it of just fucking colour to keep me entertained at that time of the morning. And if I'm not being that entertained, which we'll come to, um, then uh, it, it, it kind of, I can just, you know, I can kind of switch off a little bit and kind of just slip into being a little bit tired. But it's all right because it's kind of background noise then. And so, yeah, I was, I was happy for that. Uh, well, you're, you're a saint, the, the annoying thing is, in the intervening days, I've heard some people pop, chirp up about life and say it's actually better than the marketing suggesting. Apparently, the ending's really good as well. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Well, we'll, we'll get into Power Rangers. So, yes, we're doing Power Rangers. We're also going to, in the next part of our Franco Don't Give a Fuck marathon, going to cover Mother May I Sleep With Danger. Um... Which the i the iTunes picture painted a very different picture yeah. from from the film that we got. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll get into that. So uh, we'll also talk about some what we watched uh, and and trailers and whatnot. Um, anything been happening in the wonderful world of film this week, bud? I don't think much has happened this week, has it? It's been a fairly um, sedate week in the world of film. I think most of the stuff that's kind of been happening has been sort of trailer-related or, or film-related. It's been it's been quite nice. I think I've I've seen some people still fucking kicking up a fuss about the Ghost in the Shell thing, and uh, I think we'll get more into that next week, but we'll plan on covering that and the, the original and... Um, yeah, I think that's something we can definitely get into. So there's that. But no, I think it's been... It, it's The world's had more to worry about this week, is what yeah. I'll say. Yeah, yeah, but we're not going to talk about that. So no, I don't want to talk about any, any of that. I, I want to talk about some fucking films. Yeah, yeah, so we'll move on. So, trailers. I've watched a shitload. I, I, um, I'll let you lead with this thing, because I, I, I don't think I've watched that many, but I actually I might have watched loads. I can never remember what fucking order I watched these things in. So okay. what, what have you caught then? Okay, no worries. So, um, first off, John Cena is Ferdinand. Um, it's an animated film by Fox and Blue Sky Studios about a bull called Ferdinand. And a bull? A bull. 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 Yeah. A bull in Spain. So, 
I'm assuming the end isn't going to be him like goring the fuck out of a bullfighter, even though that would be I amazing. Hope it is. Um, it, it, yes, so do I. It looks like. Well, actually, no, I don't because Lottie's going to want to see it. It traumatizes, so I take that back. Um, it doesn't come out till December, apparently. Um, it looks bland as all fucking shit, but I'm going to have to go and watch it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the thing there is a section where John Cena is literally a bull in a china shop, and <laughs> if. If I can see documentary evidence that John Cena mo-capped the bull in a china shop bit, I will see this film three times in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. I, I, do you know what? The, 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 just, just the, I haven't seen what is it, but the mental imagery of that just does make me laugh. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... Um, yeah, okay. Well, fair enough. Um, it didn't make me laugh watching it. I'll say that, but yeah. Um, okay, so that's that's Ferdinand. Um, a ghost story, which is the new film from David Lowry. Um, so ain't them body saints and Pete's dragon. So the the yep. man is is a okay with me. Uh, Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck. So the trailer, the trailer doesn't actually say what the plot is, but I I I think I know what the plot is from reading about it when it, I think it played at uh, Sundance. Um, so they're a couple. He dies, but his spirit lives on. But it's Casey Affleck with a sheet over his head and eyes cut out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, him, like, haunting the house as new inhabitants come in, but not in a scary way. Him, like, looking on at them. And then he seems to move on from there and is watching what Rooney Mara's doing. Uh, but literally, it is Casey Affleck with a sheet over him and eyes cut out. And is it actually Casey Affleck or is it just some random dude and the voice uh, of Casey Affleck? Apparently it is him. It is him actually doing the performance. Good, because if it wouldn't have been, it would have been one of those where I'd have been like, no, nope, already lost it for me. Yeah. But if it is actually him, that sounds interesting. It looks, I mean, I think it looks fucking fantastic. Like, some interesting visual stuff going on. Like, the the, the music in the, in the trailer worked. Um, it looks like it's got some stuff to say, but maybe isn't taking itself entirely seriously. Um, just because of that conceit, and I, I'm, 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 I'm down with that. So, yeah, I, I'm... Very, very, very intrigued by that. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting trailer. Um, okay, I also watched oh, fuck uh, oh Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets um, from legendary director Luc Besson, and based on the generation um, defining, I think, comic uh, graphic novel. Apparently. Um, the first 20 seconds of the trailer are awesome. Just because yeah. of the visuals. The rest... The rest looks fairly generic, but it looks like Luke Besson doing Fifth Element-y type stuff, so it's probably not going to be in the actual film. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm down. I mean, Dane DeHaan, as, as I have been saying, in Ballerina, he's the most awake I've ever seen him, but he actually looks like he's going to be more awake in this. Um, I'm up for seeing Dane DeHaan be charismatic, funny guy. 
that that like it's not a look that I've seen on him yet. I don't think, and I'm up for that. Yeah. Um. So, have you seen this trailer? Have you? Seen I've not trailer? seen it. No, I've not. No. Okay. Well, it. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm I am up for that film, but could go either way. Um. So also. Uh. So maybe some stuff you've seen it. Yeah, seen this. Okay, so this I believe is directed by the guy who did Mama. Yes, it is. Yeah, because uh, Kerry Fukunaga was was going to do it. And he's still got a screenplay credit, but then he dropped out. And yeah, um, what do you think? I've been talking. You you go. What do you think? It's been bouncing around for ages. This this, this the it remake. It's had several sort of directors and several actors attached and. It's you know it's one that's kind of been in the works for a while. Well, having because uh, Bex is a huge a huge Stephen King fan, um, she's kind of been following this and the Dark Tower um, film uh, quite sort of significantly. Um, she really liked it. Uh, I, I think that it looks like there might be a better film in it than the trailer gives gives it. To be honest, it, it's a very generic kind of horror trailer with that sort of high pitch violin um, strings bits in it uh, which are actually strings they're fake strings to make it sound like strings yeah. constantly moving it and it's, it's that and it's a little bit like you've got a fucking clown and the calliope music is a part of the story just have calliope music because that's terrifying anyway and it just it, it I, I was watching it going do you know what it, it, it just it looks a little bit Thursday Night Watch which is fine but when they've kind of been billing it as a little bit more of a Halloween event film, yeah, you've got to do a little fucking bit more than just clown races towards something. We are, it just, it, it, I was a little bit disappointed to be honest. I'm hoping that it's just a first trailer syndrome. Yeah, I mean, I the poster came out yesterday as we record this, and um. I I'm not entirely sure I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to watch this, um, <laughs> just because I, you know, it looks like a very very young kid is a victim, and then the trailer seems to suggest comes back as a hallucinatory thing for one of the the, the main cast members in this. And I'm not. I'm not entirely sure I'm going to be able to deal with that because Lottie is of an age now where she's walking and running around like and and running around like no one's business and talking and the the thing in the trailer of him with the the little paper ship and it floating down into the gutter it just that feels like something that Lottie would do now if it, it happened to her. And obviously, there aren't clowns in the in the sewers of Pontypridd. You don't think? Don't say that. Um, but it, I, it, it, it is. It, it's it's a particular nail on a chalkboard at the moment that I, I. It's too easy for me to relate to in real life, and. You could call it like people could call me a pussy for that if they wanted to, but it genuinely looks like it would sketch me out too much at this stage of my life. 
I know um, what you mean. Yeah, so, um, you know, I could by the time it comes out in the cinema, I could see me going, all right, then fuck it, let's do this. But... Like I don't know that poster. That poster is way better than the trailer. Yeah, I'll, I'll it say is. that that poster is incredibly evocative. Yeah. Um, even though that we all float down here, I'm sure it means a lot to people who know it. But to me, who has never seen the miniseries, never read the book. Oh, have you ever seen what is that? Never seen no, the miniseries. No, no. no. Uh. Maybe maybe I should, and it would give me a bit more. Okay, I'm okay with the film, but. Um, I never have, so we all float down here. It's just like, okay. When you see it in the trailer, yeah, all right then, fair enough. And then you've got Creepy Kid kind of repeating it over and over. It's the, like you say, it's it's kind of a tired image. Um, mm. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it, it's a big year for Stephen King fans, and I'm I'm fascinated. I would always rather see a Stephen King film than read a Stephen King book because of the way I'm wired. Um, and... I, I'm, I'm, I'm up for both of them, but it does freak me out a bit, to be honest with you. So th- there you go. But it's not the trailer that does; it's the idea of it. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, the trailers, the trailer is not great. Um, no. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, free ball uh, billboards outside Epping, Missouri. Yeah. Yes, cannot fucking wait. Yeah, man, Francis that's, McDormand is dynamite in that trailer. Um, it just it the minute um, the minute after the trailer starts, and it's um, it, it, there's I think is there a um, the copper pulls her own and says shouldn't be out you be out um, beating up some uh, minorities or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's you, you kind of go, yeah, this is a Martin McDonough film. Straight away, it's just that guy doesn't give a fuck about political correctness in his movies, and he isn't doing it, I think, just to be overtly non politically correct. I just think that he just writes from his head, puts it on the page, and doesn't give a shit what people think. Yeah, quite. Um, great cast, like brilliant cast. cast. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure the the kind of like. The, the burning sadness in McDormand is going to be more played up in the film itself. Um, even though it would be it would be great if she never breaks down once. She's just really fucked off about the situation. She's angry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would that would be fine. The thing is, it wouldn't surprise me if we get that from uh, a McDormand movie because it, it was a little bit. Um, I like that uh, in ah oh, fucking hell. In Bruges was a little bit like that, you know. It, it, that had that kind of that kind of feel and that kind of nihilist kind of attitude, I suppose, uh, to what it is. You could see that being happening, and it being somebody else who has the fucking breakdown. Yeah, I might, I might, before this comes out, I might have a, a re go at In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. I, I enjoyed both of them. I haven't seen them for a number of years, so uh, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed In Bruges less the last less the, the I think the second or third time I watched I it. Know. Um, but I enjoyed Seven Psychopaths more on my second watch, and I really enjoyed it on my first watch. So right. that 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 flick's underrated, I think, man. It yeah. kind of feel, it kind of feels like oh, he's going all Hollywood and like literally Hollywood and all. Oh, it's not as good as in Bruce. Uh, it's, yeah, well, 
yeah, okay, maybe. But I, 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 I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll. Uh, I'm, I'm, to be fair, I'm sure we'll both rewatch him before before this flick comes out. So we'll, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get a chance to talk. Um, okay, continuing on. Fucking hell. Um, Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, um, people saying there's a like a spoiler in this. Is there? Apparently, I think so. But Do we not already? Is it like the whole like um, Iron Man says like give me back, give me back the costume? Because yeah, by the end of the film, Spider Man's not going to have the Spider Man costume. Oh, it might. It might happen. That might happen twenty minutes into the movie. Exactly. You know, he's it, got. He's got it. He's got it for a lot of it. That might happen twenty minutes into the fucking movie, and it might be something where by we get the opening fucking gambit bit is him being Spider Man. Then we get that, and then we get him earning the suit back. There you go, Spider Man. Which is going to be like Spider Man Two, where he lost his powers, and then was it yeah. two? It was two, wasn't it? Where like yes. The raindrops keep falling on my head. Yeah, that's Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 3's emo park. Emo, so, yeah. Yeah, it's my um, yeah, um, which... like Incidentally, is... I, think, I think I'm think i going to go through all the Spider-Man films before this comes out because it's been ages since I've seen any of them. Yeah. Like, so, um, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, Tom Holland was great in Civil War. Um, I, I think he's, he's going to do well with this. I like that this feels... It's not. He's got to save the world. It's. It looks like a more localized story, which yeah. um, you know, which I'm up for. Um, kind of looks like it might be a bit lower budgeted. It was almost like if we put Iron Man in here, that will make up for thirty million dollars worth of visual effects. We're not going to spend. Um, it looks like a computer game. it's the the exact criticisms that people had about the previous Spider-Man movies Mm. that they're not having about this it looks the fucking same (laughs) it looks like a computer game which I don't have that much of a problem with but nobody else seems to be mentioning it but it was all you could fucking hear with the amazing Spider-Man was just looks like a computer game just looks like a computer game well yeah but I think Spider-Man does look like a little bit like a computer game because it, it, at the end of the day, that isn't Tom Holland fucking springing around, is it? It's a computer-generated person springing around. So it's going to look like a fucking computer game. But yeah, it, it's it's. I'll be honest, it's just it's not really doing much for me. A little bit. It, it feels it feels a little bit like they're, they're they're trying so hard to create the father figure, Tony Stark, in it, and try to go right. This is what we're doing with Tony Stark because because Robert Downey Jr. don't want to do Iron Man and don't want to be that Iron Man anymore. What we're basically going to do is he's going to be the new fucking Nick Fury and we're going to push him aside, uh, and he's going to he's going to be the Nick Fury for the next generation for the Phase Three or whatever it is now. There you go. Yeah, I. We'll see. Um, I think it's fascinating that Michael Keaton does Birdman and then. A couple yeah. of years later, he does this. That's so fucking weird. Um, it, it's actually, I didn't think about that. It is really quite weird, isn't it? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, like, Birdman was made by a, a, a filmmaker who seems to genuinely despise superhero films and 
all power to him. I fucking love Birdman, but um, I, all power to him. I I would love to know what he thinks about Keaton doing this. I would that, lo- love to know. That's the bit that gets me excited about it, is Keaton, because I'll watch Keaton in anything, because he's great. The thing is, I mean, like, Keaton turns up in Need for Speed, and basically, like, I think I said this at the time when I watched it and talked about it on the show, it's almost like they went, right, pay me a few million dollars, I will get pissed and talk about cars in a room. (laughs) You film me for a day, and then just edit it up however you want. Yeah, and that's Michael Keaton in Need for Speed. Have you seen Need for Speed? I've still not, but I, I, I keep humming it. Do you know what puts me off? The fact that it's plus two hours. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I, wa- I want to watch it, but every time I sit down and think, ooh, I could watch that, I look at it and go, ah, oh, but it's ten past ten. <laughs> it's worth it for Keaton alone. Do it before Fate of the Furious. I will do it before Fate of the Furious. So I've, got, I've got two weeks. Fucking, I will rewatch it as well, and I you're like we'll we'll kind of mini review it along with Fate of the Furious. I'm I'm down for that. There you go. Gives you purpose. I'll do it, no problem. I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon or Netflix, so it's not even. Gonna it's on one of them, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon. I think it was a, weirdly. I think it's Studio Canal put that out in the UK, which is odd for them. But yeah. Um. So, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Fuck me, it is five past eight and we haven't even started the review yet. Um, and I think, lastly, do you have anything else? No. Justice League? Yep. Right. I really, really hope J- Jason Momoa does his James Hetfield impression several times through the film. <laughs> I, 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 do you know what? I just hope that it's just Jason Momoa just doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, he looks fucking great in this. He looks like he looks like he's going. Whoa, I'm in a fucking superhero movie. How fucking cool is this? You know, this is a guy who, who posted a video on his Facebook of him going, "I like tomahawks and beer." I'm just getting drunk and throwing a tomahawk. <laughs> it's like, I fuck yes, you are cool. Yeah. <laughs> you just you just are a, a ridiculously cool guy. And and you're married to um, Lisa Bonet, so is he really? Know, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Uh, uh, you know, his 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 life just he just looks like he's waits every morning and goes, look at me, I'm a human mountain. I have great fucking hair. I've got a tomahawk. Okay, I'm I'm married to Lisa fucking Bonet. My life's great. <laughs> Good for him. Okay. Do you know yeah, what? I mean, I, 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 he looks like a he is a charismatic as fuck guy, and it, it, it's kind of like you're looking and going, "Do you know what? This looks brilliant." Wait a minute. Why can't we have an Aquaman movie? I want to watch that movie, not this movie. <laughs> well, it's James Wan, man. That flick's gonna be good. Um, yeah. This feels like punching yourself in the dick, going, "Ow, that hurt," and then a couple hours later, going, "I might punch myself in the dick again." But yeah. I. I'm looking forward to Justice League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched it and went, yeah, more excited. I, I, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I know it's going to be crap, but I like the look of it, but I know it's going to be crap. <laughs> just, for the love of God, Snyder, two hours. It ain't going to be two hours. No, it's, it's not. 
it's really it's not. Two hours, 37 minutes. That's my prediction. Yeah, you're right. The thing is, you're right. And then there's going to be an extended edition that's going to be three hours. And, <laughs> like, fucking Jenna Malone's going to pop up for a scene. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> it's going to be three months of what the fuck is Jenna Malone doing in the director's cut of Justice League. And it's basically going to be she gives Ben Affleck a baguette or something. I don't know. But, yeah. like, I... I don't care about the villain. I don't care about when Superman is in it. I mean, Noel was just WhatsApping us a prediction about Superman. I'm going to read it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to read it. Just, just for posterity. In the heat of battle, the Justice League looking almost defeated. Black suit Superman pops up and kicks the arse up some massive demon thing. He then strolls over to Batman. Batman says, that's a good look. Batman, I reckon Batman will say that from a, a, a comfy chair that is sat in at the side because Ben Affleck doesn't want to be Batman anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, yes. I mean... <laughs> it, it feels like the Nick Furying of, of Tony Stark you were talking about there. It feels like Ben Affleck wants to do that after one film, not like eight. Yeah, like... like He did all of the... the, the, the like, literally... He did Batman vs. Superman. He went, this is great. I'm really looking forward. I'm backflip. And then everybody hated it and he went, oh my God, this is paycheck all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want this. I don't... I want an Oscar. I want a fucking Oscar. And not not one just with with that other guy. I want... My film won an Oscar. I was hot shit. And now people just... People are just saying, I'm going to be a disastrous Batman movie. I don't yeah. want it anymore. And now it's Batfleck and Live By Night. Yeah. Like, that that guy is a fucking ebb and flow uh, of a career, if ever there, if ever there was one. I, I, yeah, but... I, he, he, he's he's, he's Sorry, better coming back than he is on top. When he's on top, yeah. it goes wrong. When he's And then when he slides, it goes horribly wrong. And then when he comes back, it's great. You know, when Gone Baby Gone came out, it was like, Ben Affleck's directing a fucking movie. All right, then. Mm. And then you watched it and went, holy fuck, Ben Affleck can direct a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, um, but I, I, I like the way... Whoever's cutting their trailers does really yeah. good work. The Suicide yeah. Squad trailers were fucking fantastic. This trailer, from a trailer construction point of view, is brilliant, and... Yes, you've got the white stripes at the start, which is a little bit nah. But come together. Yeah, it's on the nose, but the like the 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 pounding beats of it work well with this trailer. Um, That's it. It, it, it fits. Mm. It really does. Um, so shit. November. We'll see. You know, we're a year removed from Batman versus Superman now. Is that in November? Just... Yeah. Fucking hell. So when's, when's one more now? Like March, April. This year? Or next yeah. year? This year. So it's, it's, out, it's out like a couple of weeks then? What? Wonder Woman? Yeah, it's out soon-ish. I think it's after Fast and... Fuck, I'm going to have to look this up. Because, like, Guardians of the Galaxy is, uh, like, May... Like, the Friday before May Day Bank Holiday in the UK. Yeah. Um, June. the Furious is like mid-April. Maybe, yeah, yeah, is it June? 
June, 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 June okay, all right, yeah, so it's, it's later than I thought it was, all right, fair enough. Yeah, because we've got, we've got Fate of the Furious in a couple of weeks, then it's Guardians. What the fuck else is out this, uh, out this summer? Spider-Man's July. Thor. No, man, that's like October. Is it? Yeah, 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 I mean, it's Marvel, isn't it? So they've got um, Guardians in, like, April... Spider-Man oh, gosh, in July, yeah. and then four. In, I, I think they're yeah, starting their three films a year this year. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok in, in October, yeah. Like, what the fuck is out this summer, then? I'm going to be kicking myself in a minute, but... Fuck it, Jesus, I, we're taking our time here, but fuck it. This is... I'm enjoying this show. Um, it's all good, yeah. I don't think anybody else is, though. Um, if you're not, fuck off. Um... If you don't keep listening, it gets good. It gets, it gets good about episode thirteen. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Pepper Pig's out next week. I've got to take body to see that. Um, yeah. So we've got what we've got coming up. Oh, the Hatton Garden jobs out in a couple of weeks. Dean and um, Ray wrote that. I'm gonna have to fucking see that. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, we've got guardians and then after that the next big one is alien covenant may oh yeah okay so there is a bit of a gap yeah 12 and then king arthur is the week after that fuck yeah and then pirates the caribbean is the week after that then bear watches the fucking week after that then wonder woman's the week after that right yeah Okay, and then the mummy is the week after that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's yeah. Then it it slows down, and then two weeks after that is Transformers. Uh, yeah. Then after that it's Despicable Me three. Yeah. Then Spiderman. Then Cars. The same week as War of the Planet War of the, the Apes. Apes. And then it's Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Then it's the Dark Tower, Tower supposedly, yeah. despite the fact there's a poster but no trailer yet. Yeah. And then the Emoji Movie. Emoji Movie, and then Annabelle, Annabelle Two, Atomic yeah. Blonde, and Baby Driver are the same week. That's actually like the week around my birthday, so I actually might be able to see all three of those. Um, okay. That's to slow down a little bit after that. Yeah, huh? and then oh, Borg McEnroe. That's fucking Shia LaBeouf's playing McEnroe in that. That's going to be fascinating. Ooh. And then Logan. Oh, Logan Lucky's out that day as well. Yeah. Um, right. I'm just going to. And then it is two weeks after that. So yeah. Okay. So basically, it doesn't feel like a a, a, a gigantic summer though, does it? it? No, which is quite weird because everybody last summer, or at the turn of last summer, was saying yeah, but everyone's just waiting for next summer with Guardians 2 and Thor and blah, blah, blah. And it's like uh, it, it did feel a little bit like well, actually last summer was quite big. This summer is quite big but it's, it's big that we've got Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, Thor and you know, these are ones where they're probably not going to break the billion, but it'll probably be the high hundreds of millions. I was going to say, but like I couldn't give a fuck about Transformers. Slight tangent, right? Some people say I could give a fuck. I say I couldn't give a fuck. I couldn't What's give a fuck. Right? Yeah. I, I, I would say I couldn't give a fuck. I would say I couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, because if you could give a fuck. You, you, then you've got fucks to give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, alright. I'm not going mad then. It is I couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, alright. I could fine. give a fuck now, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. They say I could give a fuck a lot. And it's the like, every wrong. single time, it's like, I swear it's I could not. But anyway, right, fine. Um, trailer, that's trailers done. We're, we're <laughs> about 45 minutes in. Yeah, so, trailers. That's probably the longest trailer section we've ever done. Fucking hell. But I, I don't know, there was a lot to talk about. I, I uh, yeah. There was good stuff to talk about. Right, so. Power Rangers is uh, directed by by Dean Israelite um, and stars a bunch of people whose names I didn't bother looking up because yeah. there's a pink one, there's a blue one. Well, actually, no. Let's let's be real here. There's a lesbian. Yeah. There's an autistic kid. Yeah. There's an Asian kid. Yeah. There's the slightly rebellious but really fairly mainstream kid. Yeah. And there's the jock. Yeah. There's also Brian Cranston as a wall. <laughs> Bill Hader as a uh, robot who I actually didn't think was going to be in this because it's a fucking ridiculous idea in the t- idea of the TV show. Yeah. And when he came up, it was like oh, fine, and. Elizabeth Banks as Sea Hag. Oh, I thought I was going to be We'll get it on Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> we okay, will get it on that. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, the, the Bill Hader as Alpha 5 was, was me in my head going, is that Palace Wall or Bill Hader? Pretty much every time he spoke. So I have yeah, no idea what he said throughout the entire thing because I was too busy, like, kind of tilting my head slightly to the side and putting what I think in my brain is my good ear closer to what? The speakers are everywhere. Pointing my ear at the screen isn't going to make me be able to work out whether or not it was Bill Hader or Patton Oswald and constantly going, I'm not sure, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's... Uh... Until until it finished, I went, Bill Hader, <laughs> as Bill Hader came up, came up on the screen. And the other two people in the screen kind of looked at me like I was insane. Nice. Um, Power Rangers. Um, doesn't start like the TV series started. I watched the opening two minutes of the TV series on Netflix the other day and then questioned... How the fuck I ever actually watched that show? Like, can I, can I say I don't? I genuinely because I just missed Power Rangers. What is it? I genuinely don't think I've ever watched an episode of Power Rangers. Mate, seriously, like the first it was your jam, wasn't it? of the first episode alone is, is just something else. Um, Whereas the first scene of the Power Rangers movie is a cock joke. Well, you've got you've got the prologue, right? Basically, yeah. it's Power Rangers. You don't need a story. You don't need a synopsis. Um, yeah. So you've got the prologue. Yes. Where yeah. it's actually Brian Cranston. It looks like made up in a blue suit. Yeah. Which was surprising. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, you've got a cock joke. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the characters. <laughs> is shamed in her high school for doing revenge porn. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, it, it, it's tackling some issues. It's a 12A. So to be fair, parents only have themselves to blame. 
there were a few like young kids in my audience. I I say parents only have themselves to blame, and I do mean that like eighty percent. But also, how are the filmmakers not thinking? We could make more money here if we didn't have the cock joke and the revenge porn and Rita Repulsa, like, actually being quite scary in a couple of sections and have it be a PG, get the millennials in anyway, but then also make it more open to a younger audience. Or is it just that, like, 12 APG 13 means that adults, uh, parents are idiots and they'll bring their young kids anyway and then fuck them? Yeah, that, 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 that's it. The, the thing is, kids under 12 are probably not going to go to the cinema on their own anyhow. Yeah, fair do. So um, they're, they're going to go with the adult anyhow. So we might as well throw a few jokes in that the, uh, the, 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 the people at our age, around our age, will go... That's quite amusing. And do a few kind of interesting things because the revenge porn aspects of it, the way it's dealt with is it's dealt with quite well. It's it's a it's it's a brave move to take in a movie where the, the line it's morphing time is it, it, is uttered. Mm. Mm. You know, uh, it's, it, yeah. it just it's there's some cognitive dissonance going on between the scene where they're fighting the rock things and it looks like a higher budget scene from the TV series, like where they're like hand-to-hand fighting them. Yeah. You've got that stuff, which looks like it's made for six, seven-year-old boys. Yeah. And then revenge porn. And yeah. it's... It was more chronicle than I was expecting it to be. In a yeah. way, it's it's a slightly kidified version of Chronicle. Like, there's less Akira going on. Um, but I, it kind of... It just kind of feels like it didn't know who it was for. And yeah, I, I, I can see that. Like, like it... Or, like, it's a Power Rangers movie being made by somebody who has maybe never watched Power Rangers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's, I, yeah, I would go with that. I mean, the thing is, okay, so, yeah, I was a massive fan of Power Rangers when I was a kid. In the 90s, I very much remember having a freak out in the back of my mum's car when I lost one of the items that came with one of the Power Rangers in the back of the car, and I couldn't find it, and I was... I, I actually still remember the emotions now. I was fucking fuming. And for some reason, it was all my mum's fault, even though it wasn't. <laughs> fuming. And it had, like, gone in between the seats. And, like, well, like my mum had to stop the car and find it for me. And she was not happy with me. And at that point, I was like, fuck you. Like, I didn't say that, but my my emotions were... Fuck you. This is your fault because you were driving. <laughs> so I've heard a reasonable response then. Well, no. <laughs> but I, I was a twat, you know, and I, I was probably about eight or nine or something like that. And it was like, no, no, it's 
not my problem at all. This is your problem. You fucking sort this shit out. My mum's a saint. Um, but yeah, so I like I was I am I was one of those kids. This is this is my thing. Um, you know, I mean, like the turtles was a thing for me as well. But Power Rangers had a thing there. I mean, I remember. When it was on GMTV with Mr. Motivator on in between it and shit, I, t- I was taping episodes on a long play tape and then writing the names of the episodes on the tape so I knew which tape it was that had the episodes. The five-part part arc about the Green Ranger, which I think is going to be, be kind of done in the sequel, judging by the mid-credits yeah. bit, like, I was captivated you look at Mighty Morphin Power Rangers now, and kids are fucking idiots. I can't believe that was my thing, you know. And it makes me think I want to pay better attention to what Lottie is watching. Because I don't want her in 30 years looking at this stuff and going, how the fuck could I do that? Like, at the moment, she likes Jake and the Neverland Pirates. That's her thing at the moment. Great. That, you know, that looks like it wasn't made in the 70s. And, and, you know, and it, look, it looks professional. It doesn't look embarrassing. Power Rangers looks fucking disgusting now. Uh, and I, I, I can't be dealing with it. So, I came to this film with many mixed emotions mark my friend many mixed emotions because it, it was sounds like, like it sounds like you were excitedly conflicted i was i was conflictedly excited excitedly conflicted it was all sorts of shit going on in my mind right so the first time i thought this is interesting and noel wanted us to address this is it doesn't say saban's power rangers at the start no it doesn't have a big title it's in the bottom right corner, Power Rangers. Yep. And it's like, shit, they're going low key here. Mm. Yep. This is interesting. Okay, let's see what they're going to do here. And then it's all Breakfast Club. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it does have a Breakfast Club vibe to it, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it's like, this is interesting. And then Jason, the lead guy, slaps that kid, which was. And that's it. it that, that's fun. His reaction to it, where he's like, did you slap me? Yeah. That was weird. (laughs) You know, yeah, it's like, right. I'm, I, you're throwing these balls in the air. I'm catching them. I'm in. You know, let's, let's do this. Why not? Yeah. And then as soon as repeat, Rita Repulsa kind of starts coming up, it's like, right. So now we're in a pantomime. And, you know, she's eating the jewellery. And it's like, oh, right, fine. You're throwing these balls. I'm catching them, but it's like I'm in a different game where I'm I'm having to catch them by doing a funny little dance before catching them. It's it's the same thing. I, I'm still catching them, but in a different process. Yeah. And then the Krispy Kreme product placement oh, begins. Oh, fucking... Which is... Yeah. Oh. And there's the scene where they're she's basically torturing them and she's like and he's she's like tell me where it is Krispy Kreme Krispy Kreme this Krispy Kreme is it a special place 
Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, you're throwing balls, but they've got a Krispy Kreme logos on them, and you're throwing them at me, and it's distracting me, and they're just hitting me in the face. And then Elizabeth Banks eats a Krispy Kreme donut. Yep. Hands down, one of my favourite scenes in the fucking movie. Like, <laughs> how I, the fuck? How I, the I, fuck was that clutch to Elizabeth Banks? I clapped. At that, by that point, I was like, do you know what? That is one of the most erotic moments of, of a kid's movie I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's no, no, Banks. It, it, for no reason at all, as her gold monster is destroying everything, she literally just sits on the edge of a table and eats and they bite out of the Krispy Kreme and looks at it and kind of almost nods at it. And I'm like, this is brilliant. This movie can do fucking anything now. <laughs> yeah, that, right. Basically, this film is fucking mental. It's in insane! A, in a weird, kind of low-key way, where it's never exactly shoving it in your face. Like, it's never going, we're fucking crazy! It's yeah. just, here is some, like real shit going on between these kids and the emotional core of it feels oddly real but then you've got Krispy Kreme product placement which is so weirdly blatant that it almost becomes hidden by how blatant it is because you your brain can't quite process and how it, blatant it, it is it's not the first time it's turned up either no it, you know, the Krispy Kreme is in it before that as well I mean, it's just like the fact that Billy is like in the middle of the road. He's like, "Where's where is it buried? Where is it buried?" And he basically like points at it and smiles, and then walks towards the Krispy Kreme. Yeah. And it's like your brain is going, "Okay, that's a plot point that it's obviously there." But also, he's really happy that he's going to Krispy Kreme. I should be happy to go to a Krispy Kreme. I want a Krispy Kreme right now. It, it's really. It's almost like if you had the They Live sunglasses on, you'd look at you'd look at that film and it would just be like the shot of Billy smiling, cut to massive white on a black on white saying obey. Yeah. Um and and yet when the Go Go Power Rangers theme kicked in, yeah. so randomly it was untrue. It, 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 the thing is it, I was like, that's ballsy to use the just the theme, but bravo. <laughs> didn't think they were going to do it. No, yeah, I didn't think they were going to do it. If this was made 10, 15 years ago, you'd get a new metal cover at the end. Yeah. You know, but no, they just chuck in the fucking theme tune. Yeah. And you've got the Zords flying around all over the... Fuck knows how she learnt to fly that, that thing, but... Fine, you know the, 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 the suit knows. Yeah, I'm saying that the suit knows. Destruction all over the place, you know, and um, so much destruction. Yeah, ridiculous. And then yeah. the Megazord comes out, and it's like, right, we somehow know how we're going to do this, and we can all choreograph our movements perfectly while so, falling into a pit of the earth. Yeah, I just, I don't know what Power Rangers is. <laughs> But 
I know that I was entertained just about enough over its elongated running time. Way too long. Way too long. And I know we, was... we, we literally, we spent, we, we said that a lot about movies, but that's because many movies are way too long. This, this is a Power Rangers film and it's over two hours. Yeah, that's it. Do you know what? Do you know what? The Jim Gray, you know, uh, The Lost City of Z, that's allowed to be two and a half hours, probably, right? Probably. There's probably two and a half hours worth of story there. It's probably allowed to be that. Power Rangers been 124 minutes. I'm not really sure. Because did they tell all of this in like 20 minutes at one point? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it just... Despite all that, I was entertained a lot through the film. I thought it had some interesting shit going on between the characters. Like I like the I do like the whole thing about they could only really morph when they put aside their own shit, realise they're all just people mm. who have to try and get along, which is a lesson I think genuinely i think the world could learn at the moment that we are all human beings we all have that in common let's just fucking work together um i i you know so i think that that is interesting i thought the zordon stuff i mean it's never that stuff never happens in the show like zordon was just the guy who gave them the mission basically um i thought that was actually you know quite interesting the fact that he had his own agendas for wanting to do shit fair enough that gives it a bit more complexity um the action is is perfectly well staged yeah um you know it's coherent it's not cut 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 um and elizabeth banks is in her own fucking world yeah that she she literally is just is having a blast and collecting a paycheck at the same time. But she does look like she's she's fully on board. She's not just fucking turned up, put a costume on, and fucking wandered on set and gone. Where's the thing? She She's fully fucking going, do you know what? Okay, I love this. She seems like she's enjoying herself. Um, the, there's, I mean, I was, I, I was saying, I, I, I enjoyed it enough. It's too long. It's way too long. But, yeah, I, I did actually enjoy it a, a fair amount. I thought that um, the the Power Rangers performances are... Some of them are good. Some of them are not very good. Um, Ade um, Salah, who was in um, Meet and the Dying Girl, is brilliant. Uh, I think he, he's fantastic. He, he, Shut now, the fuck, is that Billy? Yeah. That was the kid from Meet and the Dying Girl. Yeah, I'm sure it is. No, well, no, I, I believe you, but yeah, shit, it is. That, all right, that lad's got range. Good on him. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was he was very good, and like you say, it's a very very different character. He's very clearly a character actor. Character. Good for him. I, yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah. I, I thought Declan Montgomery, who played Jason Scott, was was good. Uh, the the girl was good, but her her story didn't. I get the idea of where they went with the story, but. It, it didn't really make that... It didn't speak to me that much. Uh, the If we're going to call them... Uh, the, what is it? The Asian one um, was a bit crap, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there, there really wasn't much to him, was there? And I mean, like to be fair, the um, the other girl, Trini, I think her name was in the film, 
Like, yeah. literally, apart from the fact that she's a bit weird, and why is she weird? Oh, because she's a lesbian. Maybe. Sorry? Maybe. Never actually oh. confirmed, is it? Oh, uh, yeah, all right. But, I mean, fuck, man. The film got but, an 18 in Russia because of it, so... Um, you're shitting me. No, seriously. Um, Fucking like, hell, Russia. Yeah. Um, so, it is such a shame that that is literally the only defining characteristic about that character. Like, let's have some complexity there. You know what I mean? Like, just because through it, and like the the scene where Elizabeth Banks is trying to turn her and whatnot, it's, it's like, okay, because she's an outsider and whatnot. And there's like some interesting stuff there. But then the very next scene is like, yeah, Rita wanted me to lead you to, (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, okay, so that's weird. Because then Rita says, oh, she led you to blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, yeah. well, but but did she, though? Because they never really have a bit where she says, sorry, guys, or anything. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, um, I don't know, it's kind of all over the place. But, um, yeah, I it, it just didn't hate it. Watched it on a Sunday evening after a weekend of looking up. Looking after Lottie, and I just wanted a bit of escapism for a couple of hours, and it fit the bill really well. Um, yeah, I watched it. Watched it Monday morning, and um, yeah, I was I, I was fine with it. I, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, do you know what? I'd probably even watch it again, to be honest. I I, I was fine with it. It was good. <laughs> no, I mean it's, it's Lionsgate, so it'll be on Netflix within the next year, and I would happily watch it again. Yeah, um, I think our. Let's have a look. Let's check to see what our audience poll was. Uh, definitely not shit, 59%. Good for you. Uh, touching cost, 6%. And 35% shit. So um, I, I would say, you know, a lot of people seem to take the, the spirit of what the... Uh, I can see why people wouldn't get on with it, by the way. Um, but I, I can also see why people, if, if you get on with the kind of spirit of it and the, the flow of it and what it's supposed to be, I, I think there's easy enough there. It's it, It's... I, I enjoyed it. There's, there's enough there. It, it felt. I felt like I was watching what I think a Power Rangers movie now should look like, um, and it, it felt like it was giving enough to the actual core material, but also saying, "Look, the core material there it is, but it's also a bit shit. So we're gonna make it not shit." Yeah. But here, have your shitty theme tune, but we're gonna put it in a place where it seems all right. Yeah, I think that's the most appropriate place in the film. So, yeah, no, good. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely not shit on that. Yeah. So, let's do some what we watched. Uh, Mark, do you want to crack on? Uh, yeah, I can do, yeah. Um, what have we watched? I've not watched a, a, a great deal, to be honest. One of the films I have watched we're going to talk about next week. So, Indeed. Uh, I'll watch that. Um, we watched Superbad. Um, I'm going to see this cinema and really disliking it. Um actively actually disliking it um, and then watching it on DVD and still kind of not getting on with it. But then I think it was, was it Friday night, um, Bex was, um, went out for a drink after work um, and I got in and Bex still went back and I just sort of, sort of sat down and I was having a, um, I was having a cup of tea to be honest uh, and sort of flicking through Sky and it was just kind of started. I thought, do you know what? I'll give it, I'll give it a go. See, see how much I get into it. Um, and ended up watching the whole thing. Um, and 
actually really quite got on with it that time, to be honest. Um, mm. It's... I think, I don't know, I, I think it it felt too... When I previously watched it, it felt too much like it was hunting its crassness, like it was really aching to be crass. Whereas this time, it felt a little bit more part of the story and felt a little bit like there was more to it. Um, and even Michael Sarah didn't bother me that much yet, where usually that guy fucking drives me mad. Um, it's amusing seeing John Hill as the... John Hill then, when you compare him to what he is now, um, and then when you look at Christian Mintz Blass, uh, it's like, you know, he's he's gone the direction that the, the other two have tried to not go. He's just gone that direction and essentially is just playing the same character in every single film. And now yeah. he's, what is he? He must be, I mean, he must be chasing 30 now. So he, he kind of, he can't play that character for too much longer. Um, so yeah um, yeah super as a rewatch I actually really quite got on with it and it's amazing when you're looking at it how many people crop up in it (laughs) I find that with going back through like old Apatow films and whatnot, and like generally comedies of the late late 90s early noughties and just like shit that person was in that in a really small role and now we'll look at them like yeah yeah absolutely yeah in, in this you know you've got Bill Hader and Seth Rogen obviously in it you know but past that is because I think Rogen did Rogen write it I think did he yeah Seth Rogen yeah, Seth Rogen, well. yeah. yeah. Um, Emma Stone's in it um, uh, Joe uh, Latriglio from um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's in there Kevin Corrigan's in there who's, he seems to crop up that guy's CV is a fucking weird one <laughs> mm-hmm. you know some of the just little bit parts that guy's had you know from this true romance and Goodfellas and things like that it's a it's a strange one um, Dave Franco's in a blink and you'll miss him uh, bit in it um, Clark Duke is, is, is in it in the background for a bit Oh, he's like one of the school like schoolmates, isn't he, or some shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's it, it, it's it it's weird. It's like ten years old this year, super bad, uh, which is strange to think. Um, but it, it's kind of aged really quite well. Whereas I think some of the other Apatow ones, um, where you know, I've thought, should I go back and give these a rewatch? I might give a few rewatch over the next talk, couple of weeks. I have a feeling they might not have they might not have worn their age as well, whereas this just does feel like... It, it feels like a very good entry into the sort of teen comedy thing. Like, it's going to sit quite nicely in another 10 years' time as well. Mm. Um, we rewatched uh, Hearts and Atlantis. Um, Bex on it with Stephen King kick at the moment. Um was strange seeing Anton Yelchin as very, very young Anton Yelchin. Um... It's it's good. Uh, it's a good film. It's, 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 I, I, I often struggle with Anthony Hopkins. I think he's a very... I, I, think he's, I think he's incredibly overrated for a start off, to be honest. I think he's played a very certain type of character very well for nearly getting on nearly 30 years, um, but hasn't really changed. He always seems to have that air of arrogance about his characters um, that seems to be every single one you go in you're just lector in this scenario and you're lector in this scenario and you're lector now in this scenario you know where he kind of kind of 
looks onto the side and kind of he's always the smartest guy in the room and it, it, it's that kind of thing whereas that character kind of works with this and it's softened a little bit it, you know there's there's a genuine kind of uh, affection because I mean, the, the story is um, he um, as with all Stephen King um, books that get turned into well received films uh, Anthony Elchin plays a, a young kid um, in 50s America and um, who he lives in a, a shared house. Well, it's, like, it's a house that's been split into essentially like apartments, uh, but there's only three of them, it's on the corner or what is it? And he, he goes back there, um, the character Bobby Garfield goes back there, obviously played by um, David Morse, because he's in loads of Stephen King stuff for some reason. Um, he goes back there and starts reminiscing of when he uh, met Ted uh, Brodigan played by Anthony Hopkins when he was a kid um, and he kind of has special powers but it's never really understood the special powers that he's got and he's hiding from the I think they're called the long men or the lone men um, who essentially are the government who want his psychic powers um, to help fight communism hmm. yeah um, and yeah it's it's interesting. It's an interesting movie. There's there's a lot of weird stuff going on, but it kind of all feels in that very kind of Stephen Kingy, um, you know, almost ambling, but with a bit of a twist kind of um, world. The Castle Rock world, I suppose, is the best way to do it. You know, they've got the JJ um, around the Stephen King series coming up on Hulu uh, later on this year. That is Castle Rock essentially. Um, but yeah, it, it's. It's hard to track down, actually, is, is, is Hearts and Atlantis, but it's, it is one that's worth tracking down, but it gets quite... It, it, everything goes from being all right, all right, all right, and, you know, it's ticking along nicely, but there's a little bit of sort of threat and everything there, so it gets dark very fucking quickly. Yeah. Very fucking quickly. Stuff happens with his mother um, and his best friend and things like that that happen really quite quickly, and, it, and then it, it ends and you go, wow, that's fucking bleak. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, I can see why it's why it it may be I can see why it's well received, but it maybe struggled to find an audience. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's what I would say there. Uh, and the final one that I rewatched uh, is uh, Loser, the two thousand. Um, Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which I watched on Monday when I got back from uh, the cinema from watching Power Rangers. Uh, because I realised I've seen I saw it at the cinema and I've never seen it since and I couldn't remember actually kind of what happened and I was remembering it going well it's this and this and I thought no 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 that is the story of the Teenage Dirtbag song by Wheatus which is in the film Um, that's not actually the film (laughs) that's the only reason why I remember that film it's because of that music video exactly uh, 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 but do you know what? That the, the the song isn't the film. The film's actually quite different. Uh, and, it, and I remember when it came up, it's a um, Amy um, Heckling film, which of course she did um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is a great movie, one of my favourite um, sort of teen high school movies. Um, Losers, fucking it, it, it. It's actually got some really controversial shit to say it going on but in a movie that doesn't really deserve it to say that yeah 
Um, so Jason Biggs plays uh, Paul Tannett. He's from a small town um, in uh, New York, uh, and he gets to go to uh, NYU um, on a scholarship, academic scholarship, because he's a smart kid but he's he's very much well aware um going in it's kind of the fish out of water thing but he's aware that he's a fish out of water so it's not like he's walking around thinking he's like everybody else and they all think he's weird he, he's aware that he's he's not used to being around city folk big city folk and that he's going to feel a little bit awkward and he just wants to go to NYU he isn't there to, to party he's there to learn and you know to get the education and he gets dormed uh, with um, three guys uh, who are all rich kids um, and all they want to do is just kind of like party and everything like that and, and he doesn't so they end up playing a, a, a basically getting kicked out of the dorm by claiming that they're just trying to um, learn and he's constantly partying and it's it's not right and he's keeping them up. So he, he kind of, he doesn't argue and he just leaves, but he's also forming a bit of a friendship and a bit of a crush on uh, Mina Savari's character who is having a affair with the Ings professor played by Greg Kinnear, who is basically just fucking using a... Um, and you've got that going on, which is quite. It, it, it's it's dealt with in a quite a blase way, but essentially he ends up using her as just like a fucking living maid at one point. Yeah. And just I treats her like shit. That. Um, and then the thing that turns Paul properly against the three guys who got him kicked out is they're using date rape drugs. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and and then it's kind of like your attitude towards this. This is I mean, the movie's nearly twenty years old, which is insane. Um, but I'm looking, going. If this movie came out now, it it'd be incredibly controversial for using date rape drugs as a comedic tool and in such a blasé way, whilst also kind of condemning them and making the guys who use them look like pathetic idiots. Which kind of makes sense, but it's done in such a strange way. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I actually quite. It's ninety-five minutes long, and I actually quite enjoyed um, going back and watching it. Uh, to be honest, but it's so strange. So I mean, I suppose it's because it was in that time where after American Pie. Yeah. It was like everything was trying to be raunchy and whatnot. And then you had... I mean, is, is there any of that particular stuff in it? Or does it feel no. like you got Jason Biggs and Mina Savari? It was like, right, we got these two to get that crowd in. Let's do something a bit more interesting. Well, the weird thing is, I, I think I remember seeing this. They were actually... Um, they actually cast and they actually started uh, Shooting Loser before American Pie exploded. Okay. Um, so it's just... So it was it was more coincidence than anything else. I think they were actually, you know, they were cast after they'd finished making American Pie, but American Pie um, hadn't become, you know, American Pie was a bit of a, you know, it was a sleeper hit. It came out of nowhere, you know. It, it, it cost, I think, well, American Pie, it cost eight million or something stupid like that, eleven million, and it it, it it was, you know, now when you look at it, 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 it it's. 
you didn't get teen sex comedies anymore. They they died a death in the early nineties, um, and then American Pie exploded and you know it, it resurrected it. But Loser isn't a teen sex comedy at all. It, it's it's got that little bit of it, it's that little bit older there. It's a university movie rather than a a, a high school movie for yeah. a start off. So there's that, but no, there isn't any of there isn't any of the the gross outness or anything like that. It, it is more kind of straight and on the level, to be honest. And it's let's say 95 minutes long, and I I, I kind of enjoyed my rewatch. I've got to, got to give it another go because I think the movie in my head was the was the movie that you were just saying. Is it that movie? Yeah, yeah. That it was a complete fish out of water, and it was just a bumbling idiot that you know was going round and you know almost a little bit like fucking son-in-law but with Jason Biggs instead of uh, what's the name mm. Kyla Kojima and Mina Savares um, Paulie Shaw see all things lead back to Shaw yeah um, they do so yeah yeah I, I very much enjoyed it fuck no one watched son-in-law no you don't uh, but, yeah I, I watch son-in-law at least once a year so <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> nice. Go on then. What you been watching this week? Uh, so I've got a few things. Um, so I rewatched Step Brothers, um, which, which genuinely gets better on every view for me now. Um, I actually might like Step Brothers more than Anchorman at this point, and um, Anchorman was like in my top ten of the decade last decade I believe um, if I was to reevaluate that list I think things might change but yeah um, Step Brothers is a film which feels like it's completely coasting on the improvisational energy of John C. Riley and Will Ferrell and Adam Scott and Catherine Hahn uh, and whatnot. and it kind of Adam McKay's got a weird thing where it, it, it it's like he's obviously a director who cares, but it almost feels like at times he's a director who just points the camera and then just goes off and gets a coffee. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and but then with the Big Short, he's obviously not, you know. And like the the other guys is really interesting in 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 that kind of aspect as well because the like the shit that film has to say while also being. Um, oh, Fuck. What's Will Ferrell, uh, the pimp character? Uh, Gator. Um, Gator. Gator's yeah. pimps don't wear no jimmies. You know, so yeah. you, you, you've also got that. It's... So, <laughs> fucking other guys. Uh, sorry, it just made me laugh just thinking about that. Um, but no, I mean, the Step, Step Brothers. I mean, there's weird lines that I just notice ev- every single time with with that, that film that just... I, I I don't know. Make, make me make me laugh anew every time. There's a real hit rate with the shit they come out with in this film. The, the, yeah, I, the, the throwaway lines that just work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they, they just they really, 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 really do in this. Um, and then you've got the fucking Catalina wine mixer at the end, and <laughs> I just just the way fucking hell. Will Ferrell singing, and then every now and then John C. Riley just interjects with boats and hoes <laughs> while he's on the drums. <laughs> but it, it just, I, it's incredible. I mean, it, it 
it may be, you know, at the end of the film where it, it, it's like, oh, we, you know, the ship's in the tree and we got Chewbacca masks and, you know, it's a, it's almost a little bit celebrating the idiocy, but then you do have the psychiatrist character saying, you know, you do know you're just, like, enabling them, don't you? Yeah. So at least there's that realisation there. But it, it just... It teeters on the brink of fucking up so many times, but then doesn't. Yeah. And I, I, I really admire that film for that. And I remember seeing it in the cinema and being really jazzed for it and then actually kind of disappointed. But every single time I watch that fucking thing, it gets better. Um... So yeah, I I don't know. I I'm almost scared to rewatch Anchorman and Anchorman Two. Um, because I've I've been jonesing for an Anchorman rewatch for a while, to be honest. Yeah, I I might have to do it soon. I I I don't know. I've many leather bound books, and and rich my rich uh, blow rich mahogany. <laughs> I can't remember the line. Fuck, but it's about the books in my apartment smells of rich mahogany. Rich mahogany. Yeah, it just it's fantastic, and you know I don't speak Spanish. I I don't know. It just <laughs> it, it, it's oh fuck. Anyway, on a similar vein, I rewatched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, um, which I don't know why. It was just on Netflix, and it was like, fuck it, why not? I, I, <laughs> I, I'm annoyed by how much I still enjoy Shane Tyler Bob Strike Back, because I think Kevin Smith's a fucking dick. Um, but I enjoy that film. It is so fucking crazy that that film got made. Yeah. Look, it, it, it's so crazy that Kevin Smith was once in a position to make that movie. Yeah, isn't it just? I like it just. I I don't know. I mean, it's you know, Kevin Smith himself has actually like recently admitted he hasn't spoken to Ben Affleck for years, and which is weird when Ben Affleck is Batman. But you know, it just at the time. You know, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were happy to send themselves up in it. You know, Jason Lee's there in a in a dual role. Loads of characters from all his other films, and like it's because at the time it was the stand in just counting money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Wes Craven's in there. You know, I mean, it just and and then fuck James Bond, Bob are in Scream Three, which is I still can't believe that happened. But um, it's. The, he at the time it was the culmination of the viewer skewniverse, and he was going to move on. And then what the fuck did he do after? Um, oh, he did um, Jersey Clip Girl. Two. He did Jersey yeah. Girl, didn't he? Clip two and, was next, wasn't it? After Jersey Girl. Jersey Girl was next film made. Yeah. Yeah, and and then he completely went back to the well. Did Clerks two. And then it was yeah. like, right, okay, I'm going to do my thing, but I'm going to have stars in it. So then Zeph Rogen and Elizabeth Banks were in Zack and Miri make a porno. And then that did nothing. And then he was like, okay, uh, I'm going to do horror. And then did Red State. And, and then... No, he didn't actually. What he did was, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, a movie. I'm going to do a movie where I don't oh, write shit. it. And Cop Out. And then he did Cop Out. Of course he yeah. did. And then I'm done with the studios. I'm going to go independent. I'm going to tour my own film, Red State. Which, yeah. which is good. Which had interesting aspects to it, you know. Um, yeah, and then Tusk. Yeah. 
after with that. I mean, I, I uh, Tusk is horrible for me, but it was Tusk after Red State, wasn't it? So Tusk was after Red State, yeah, and then and, it was, and, uh, and then yoga hoses, yeah. So yeah. it, it's and, just... uh, and and I'm a I'm a huge Kevin. I'm a, a very big Kevin Smith fan. You know, I, I there's not a film of his that I don't like until we hit Tusk, and I haven't even watched yoga hoses. No, fair enough. Oh, no, I haven't either. I, mean, we, I think we probably both need to do that at some point. Just I, I'll watch it at some point, but it's just like... I don't know. I, I, even, I even kind of like Cop Out. Um, and I, I like Zack and Mary Maker Palmer. I like, I like Danny Jersey Girl as an underrated film, to be honest. Um, Cop Out? Fuck, was it, who was it? Bruce Willis and who? Tracy Morgan. Tracy, that was Tracy Morgan, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Tracy Morgan's actually really quite funny in it, although for parts of it, you can't understand a fucking word he's saying. <laughs> mm, I, it's just, I. Jane Silent Bob's right back is so weird. No, no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Kevin Smith as a whole, it's. I don't know. I mean, like, I just. I I kind of feel sorry for the guy because I just wonder if he's going to look back on his career and just go, "What the fuck was that?" Where did it all go wrong? I mean, it's one of those. It's a little bit. I don't know. It's like chasing Amy was such a perfect synthesis of his uh, geekiness, but also how good a fucking writer he was. I, I think that's it. I, I think Kevin Smith's problem is Kevin Smith um, wants to wants to not make movies, but wants to make movies because he loves yeah. movies. And he talks a good game. Um, he also he can make enough money out of being Kevin Smith. Um, he's already a lot richer than ever thought he was probably gonna be. He's he's actually a really quite a smart guy as well. I think that helps him out. He's, he's, he's a smart guy. But I think he looks back at it and goes, do you know what? I've made my best movie. It was Chasing Amy. I'm not going to make a fucking better movie than that. So I've made my breakout movie with Clerks. I've made my best movie. Fuck it. I'll make it with the fucking ever I want now. Yeah. Um, he's made his horror movie with Red State. Tusk, I think, was an idea that became a movie, and then Yoga Hoses was an indulgence for his kid. Mm. And I think think we still have Moose Jaws. I mean, um, Clerks Three isn't happening because apparently one of them decided not to do it. I'm, I'm Jeff assuming Anderson. it's Jeff Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Clerks, Clerks Three will happen because Jeff Anderson at some point will decide that he'll do it. Is, yeah, he did the same thing with Clerks Two. Yeah, it, no, Clerks, totally. With, with Clerks Two, it was I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. By the time he got sent the fifth script, he went, "All right, I'll do it." Because it, it was it was unless the, unless the script is good enough, unless the script makes sense for us to do it, I'll do it. And it's like, hang on a minute, that was the script that made sense. I I, 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 I really like Clerks Two. I'm going to re-watch Clerks 2. I think I might do that really soon. <laughs> like, I, 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 remember, I remember really liking Clerks 2 at the cinema, and I've watched it a fair few times since. I might have to do Zack and Mary make a porno as well. I don't know. It's like, he kind of got me back with Jay and Silent Bob's right back. I mean, um, Jay and Silent Bob's super cartoon movie, whatever the fuck, that thing was horrible. Yeah. But 
that was literally all dick jokes. Yeah. For the entire thing. This, and to be fair, I don't think he wrote it. Um, so there, there's that. But Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, it's just a massive in-joke and a love letter to his fans and to the characters he created. So I I can't hate it for that. And I, I really quite like Will Ferrell's character in it as well. And yeah. I, I, Jason Mewes seems to just be doing Jason Mewes. Yeah. And I, you, you can't fault him for that. You know, it's the, the part he was born to play, and he plays the fuck out of it. Fucking hell, did you know that Kevin Smith is credited as a co-executive producer on Goodwill Hunting? Mm-hmm. That's insane. If that film would have won an Oscar, he'd be an Oscar winner. If that would have won Best Picture... No, he he um he he kind of got Affleck and Damon together with uh, Weinstein. Yeah, I'm yeah. Surprised no, no, I mean, he he was like actually quite the uh, quite the force behind that film getting made, and that that was the thing. Like fifteen twenty years ago, fifteen twenty years ago, fifteen twenty years ago, he was that kind of voice, and now he he was he was considered up there with people. The weird thing is. Around that time, ninety-seven, he was up there considered with people like Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. He was part of that conversation. Kevin Smith was part of that conversation. It's it's insane to think of it that the guy who directed Yoga Horses, which, which might be fantastic, I haven't seen it, uh, was you know part of that movement. The guy who created Tusk was in that movement. You know, I yeah. just. Fucking hell, man. I mean, I... I don't know. Like, it just... I used to be, like, angry at Kevin Smith. Like, I used... I don't know, I've been blocked by him on Twitter because of shit I've said. I just think it, like... And, you know, the man's made more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime, but I feel sorry for the fucker. You know, he's... He, it's like... He can do whatever he wants... Well, I say he can do whatever he wants to do. Like... He wanted to do Hit Somebody as a film. That didn't happen. Then as a TV miniseries, that didn't happen. He wanted to do a reboot of Buckaroo Banzai. That didn't happen. He wanted to do Clerks 3. That didn't happen. You but know, but it, don't, don't, you, don't you think a lot of this... Have you noticed that he, 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 he talks about doing a lot of movies and the thing that he actually makes money out of now is talking about stuff. Does he so still he make brings... that much money out of that shit, though? Because I know they did a few evening with Kevin Smith things, but I haven't seen those lately. It, 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 the, the podcast stuff still makes money, doesn't it? Oh, fuck. Does he actually charge? He gets paid uh, sponsorship and stuff like that. The, oh, you know, the, right, the okay, smodcast that stuff. There's about, there's about eight or nine different podcasts on it. Are they sponsored by Squarespace and Blue Apron by any chance? Probably Squarespace sponsor everything. Fuck, man. Sponsor us if you want. The amount, of, yeah, too right. The amount of fucking pod, we pay for Squarespace. The amount, well, you pay for Squarespace. I pay for the podcast hosting before anyone asks. Um, no, it's, it's, it's all very fun and fair. Sorry, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but fuck the amount of podcasts I hear fucking talking about Blue Apron and how there are delicious ways to cook, but you can only do it in the US apparently because apparently apparently podcasts don't exist outside the US. No, they don't. Unless it's the Empire podcast. Yeah, in which case it's sponsored by Free, 
or mustard.co.uk, <laughs> which I'm not, I still don't know what that site is. Anyway, well, I, I, if that isn't about if that isn't just about mustard, then I'm fucking pissed off. I'm checking it now, and I love mustard. Do it. Mustard.co.uk. If this isn't about mustard, then I am writing an angry email to them. It's not about mustard. It's car insurance. Fair enough. Shocker. <laughs> right. Where's the complaints department? Nice. You do not do what you say on the tin. Um, <laughs> yes. Frequently asked questions. Do you sell mustard? Please tell me that's one. Um, so, I also watched Smurfs The Lost Village because they have a three-year-old. Um, Lottie's been pumped for this for weeks. Every fucking film that we have seen in the cinema lately, and we go to the cinema a lot, do Lottie and I, um, there's been a trailer for Smurfs beforehand. Pumped. Fucking pumped. When are we going to see The Lost Village, Daddy? Saturday. What day is it today? Tuesday. What day is it after that day? Wednesday. What day is it today? Tuesday. What day are we going to see The Lost Village? Saturday. How many days is that? Four. What day is it tomorrow? Wednesday. That's basically how it had been for the last (laughs) few weeks. So, um, yeah. It's the first like animated Smurfs full length film apparently. Um and I I will say that for li- for girls there's a good little message here. Basically, Smurfette lives in this village with loads of boy Smurfs and they're all characterized by one type. There's like clumsy Smurf, hefty Smurf, Joker Smurf, Baker Smurf, voiced by Gordon Ramsay. Um, all like uh, Vanity Smurf, like loads of other ones. And she's like, well, I don't know what I am. And through the film, she discovers that she can be loads of different things. So, it, it, you know, it's saying that you do not have to be defined by one characteristic... You can be loads of different things at the same time. You you don't just have to be that one thing. That that you know, great little moral, fair play. The film's really drab visually, which I was surprised by. Um, you know, it's set in like forests and there's like raging rivers and like there's like insects and stuff all over the place. Looks like it had a Zack a Zack Snyder drab filter kind of applied to it, like a Batman <laughs> versus Superman filter applied to it. So I was disappointed there. Julia Roberts, as one of the characters, sounds tired. She just sounds tired. She sounds like she wants oh, to have a sleep. Oh. Yeah, yeah, just wants to get through it. And Mandy Patinkin is Papa Smurf, not that much better, frankly. Very generic, like narrator voice. Joe Maggianello, fun as hefty Smurf. Jack McBrayer, he's fun as clumsy Smurf. Demi Lovato as Smurfette, yep, she, she's fine. Um, there's enough in there for kids. There's barely in there anything in there for adults, but you know you won't want to fucking stab your eyes out with a fork. Is that something? Yep, it's always something. It's always a good, good, a good, a good cause there. Yeah, um, Rain Wilson's actually really disappointing as the bad guy. Hank Azaria was the bad guy in like the live action one that had a couple of installments. He's I only saw the first one, but he was quite fun in that. Um, Rain Wilson, very very 
generic comedy villain, whatever. Anyway, go away. Um, and the I think the last one I have to talk about is Spike Lee's Chirac. So, Chirac. Chirac, Chirac, Chirac. Chirac was the first original film that Amazon Studios like made. So it, it's going to be notable in history for that. Um, I I rather like Chirac, despite the casting parts. Sorry, cast. Very good cast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the story is, I believe it's a take on a Shakespeare play. I believe. I don't think it's a Shakespeare. I think it's no, a Greek. No. That's Greek, yeah, which would make sense considering the two gangs call themselves Trojans and Spartans. Not my finest moment there, Mark. Um, so, basically, the tagline of the film is no P-E-A-C-E, no P-I-E-C-E. Um, even though that's not really what they say in the film, they actually say no peace, no pussy, but, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Um so basically, gang warfare in Chicago, it's killing everybody, and um, an idea is raised where the women are going to withhold sex until the men run out to violence. Um, so, this is a mixture of play, uh, dance sequences absurdist humour and quite heartfelt real shit all in a melting pot the film is a mess <laughs> but it's really really interesting for all it's over two hour runtime. it's only just over two hours but it's yeah. over two hours as Spike Lee is wont to do lays its heart utterly on its sleeve is okay with having kind of song and dance sequences that go on for minutes and don't really say anything more than 30 seconds could have done or a montage could have done. But it brings you into this odd world um, where... Women withholding sex becomes a crucial weapon to world peace. Like it expands out from Chicago, but it is the epicenter. Um, but you've literally got like men and women in kind of like combative dance sequences where the women are holed up in this place and the men are putting on slow jams to make the women wet and, and I mean that's in the film that's not me just saying that and so you've got these women kind of listening to it and uh, you know and the men kind of responding it's like what the fuck am I watching <laughs> and the showdown between men and women which is distilled 
to a man and a woman at the end, like towards the end, is never thought I. I didn't think it was going there. I'll say that. So there's that. Samuel L. Jackson is the narrator, and he is having the time of his life. He's just having a fucking brilliant time, fucking overwatching this shit and commenting on it, and he he looks really like fully engaged. The message of the film is completely on the nose, but uh, like totally relevant and feels like it needs to be said. Um, but like the rhyming couplet stuff in a lot of the scenes just takes you out of it. It feels really stagey and against like the real worldness of everything else. It just takes you out of it. Um, but I really admire the message and the ambition, even if it doesn't all work. And I think it's way more worthy of notice than it seems to have been. Yeah. And in a world where Get Out is deemed as kind of, of a masterpiece of cinema about black lives today, I'm surprised that Chirac is not being talked about more. Do you think that's because of the fact that Spike Lee can be a little bit of a pain in the ass? Yeah, no, totally. To put I, it I, to put it to put it bluntly, is is he's he's a filmmaker who has fallen out with everybody for being a little bit too militant with everything. Yeah, no, abs- no, absolutely, yeah. But it's I'll say this: I think Chirac's a better film than Get Out. Mm, that's very interesting. For the, for the message like, trying to tell in that kind of way is what you're meaning I, I, I am it is not perfect is Chirac but I think it says what it's trying to say better than Get Out does I'm going to watch this week definitely because that's like, very se- mate seriously I would love to know what you think like because it feels like no one's actually seen Chirac and it's been on Amazon Prime for a while it has, yeah. I've I, yeah. I hovered over it many, many times. But again, that plus two-hour runtime has put me off. Mm. Yeah, no, it's... Um, I, I, like, you might think it's awful, and we'll have a discussion, but I think it's got some really fucking interesting shit in there. Wesley Snipes, by the way, is amazing. He's kind of comic relief in it, and uh, like he's really, really good. Um, so, yeah... Chirac, I pretty heavy recommend. Cool. I will get into that then this week. Nice. Um, that's it. So, uh, okay. So, next week, we oh. are going to cover... The Boss Baby's out next week, but... You, 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 you've, you've forgotten some, haven't you? Fuck me! We haven't even done it yet! Yeah, we haven't done it! We're running long. We are running long. <laughs> Do you want to do it? I don't know. Do you want to do it next episode instead? Yeah, we can do it now if you want. It's not going to take long, is it? No, it's going to take a long, but it could be quite interesting. <laughs> Mother, may I sleep with danger? Shit, man. Yeah, all right. Fuck, we've gone really long this episode. Um, I, I Fuck, who's it directed by? Fuck, I haven't even got that up. It's directed by... Melanie... Uh, 
It can have it. Okay, cool. Um, uh, fuck. Shit, dude, seriously, fuck, man. This is like the longest show we're going to have in a while. Um, it is. Mate. Okay. Uh, starring Emily Mead, Leela George... Um, fuck, the page just went. Um, George D'Onofrio... Nick Eversman. Which, of course, is, is Vincent Nofrio's star. Really? Yeah. Shiss it off. Fair enough. Yeah. His wife must be fucking stunning. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, and and uh, James Franco as Lecce teacher. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, okay, right. This film's not what it was on the tin. So <laughs> the cover is, ja- is James Franco and Tory Spelling in like a red lake. Yeah. And I was. The, fi- eh, eh, I- they never meet. <laughs> yeah. And B, yeah. everything else. The thing is, I thought it was going to be Tory Spelling's daughter starts j- dating James Franco and. Always dangerous. Yep. But it's not that. It's a vampire film. <laughs> like, what? Um, so, I, I, even the title doesn't make any sense. No. Nope. I, I, I just, um, yeah. So, the thing is, the film starts and it's a girl getting turned into a vampire, but then she kills the girl who turned her. And I was like, right. Is this like a horror film within the film, or is James Franco directing this film? And then it cuts, and it's like five years later or something. It's like okay, <laughs> and there's a girl, and she's going out with the vampire. It's like oh right, okay. But where's James Franco? And then there's an audition for Macbeth. James Franco's there. Oh, okay. There's James Franco. Okay, cool. All right, this is going to be fine then, right? He's going to he's going to come into it now. No, nah, not really. He's in nope. three, four scenes. Yeah, but he co-wrote it as the teacher. He's got a story by credit, and the rest of it it feels like an episode of a vampire show on the CW, but with more sex. Yeah. It's also, it was scored by James O'Hara from Smashing Pumpkins. Okay, well, there are a couple of scenes where the score comes like pretty heavy into it. I, I, I very much enjoyed the bit where it's talking about um, Dracula really heavy-handedly as like a symbol for otherness while lesbian vampires are on the prowl. Yeah, that that was it's, fun. It's 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 more of James Franco's obsession with gay culture. Pretty much, yeah. And he does. Yeah, he, he has he has an obsession with gay culture, and it's explored here. But it, like you say, it does feel like an episode of a crappy TV series. Um, Tory Spelling is barely a person in it. Um, mm-hmm. The the two leads are not great. 
Uh, Franco's not really in it. The uh-huh. story is really fucking hackneyed and overplayed, but it gets away with it at points by just being just really fucking weird. Yeah. You know, they the group of, of vampire girls who call them, is it called Nightwalkers, do they call themselves? Nightwalkers, yeah. Nightwalkers. Just seem like a pack of fucking bitches. Yeah. Like, they don't really do out. They just, they what they do is they recruit somebody new and then just force them to recruit somebody else Yeah. by just being dicks to them. Yeah. And they just, just dress around in the most, literally, like, like, like they were sat around one day, the three of them, in some kind of mean girls thing, and somebody, they rented the craft and went, no, that's what I want to do now. Went out, found a vampire, became vampires, killed him, and then just went, we're just going to do this. We're going to mean girls meets the craft for the rest of our lives. And that's what they do. They kind of do that. But they, they feed off um, date rapists, essentially. Yeah. Until they recruit a date rapist a date to rapist. get back at one of themselves, one of the other girls, because she won't turn a girl, but she will, but she is going to turn it. And you can think at the end of it, you go, do you know what? It's your own fault. If you just fucking turned her, all of that could be avoided. Yeah. It's your own fault. You're the problem there, Pearl. Yeah, fuck you, Pearl. Like, you yeah. love her. Make her become a vampire and she'll be yours forever. Job done. Yeah, it doesn't sound anywhere near as bad as you're making it. The way that you actually pitch it to her sounds really good and then you're going, oh, but it's terrible. Why? You've pitched it fantastically. Maybe, maybe it's awesome if you stop hanging about with that pack of bitches and go somewhere else. Yeah. And then not only does, like, the gang of lesbians recruit the man, but then the ending... Seems to set up a sequel where the man is sequel, the leader. Yeah. yeah. So they've gone from only feeding off date rapists as kind of like to get back at men to kind of being ruled by one a little bit, which kind of fucks the entire message right in the fucking ass. Yeah. Um. We don't need to talk about it anymore. No, it wasn't it's... what it what it was advertised as, but it's a further show of Franco really don't give a fuck. He really doesn't give a fuck. Was this on Lifetime as well? Oh, like, I was thinking it was almost like Hallmark or some shit like that. You know, I mean, it was definitely a TV movie. You could see where Lifetime. the ratings were. Yeah, Lifetime. Was uh, fair enough. I like what the fuck. What the fuck was James Franco doing in that? Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I suppose if it was for like fifteen-year-old girls, there might be something interesting to say. Except then the end is like. But date rapists can be your friend too. <laughs> yeah. If you can't beat them, kill them and then join them. Uh, yeah, yeah, quite. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, that that was quick. Uh, True Deception next week. It's another one with Christian Slater. Yeah, cannot wait. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, so uh, I, I do have to go, and I think Mark does as well. So. Uh, we're going to be doing Ghost in the Shell uh, this coming week. Um, I'm seeing Free Fire and the Boss Baby, so I will talk about them and what we watched. Finally, learn the mysteries of the Boss Baby. Get ready for a 20 minute monologue. Um, <laughs> and uh, that is it. Did you watch the trailer that I sent you? Sorry? Did you watch the trailer that I sent you? With the. Uh, oh, the it? candlestick and the. the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fucking. 
What the shit? That's brilliant, man. I mean, just like I'm sure we could put them in there somewhere. It's like great. I, I'm I'm fully up for the boss baby. I may enjoy it more than my daughter who is aimed at, but I don't care. If she if she takes four pee breaks like she did during Beauty and the Beast, I'm not going to be happy. I'll tell you that for free. Um, so um, yeah. That's it. At Ian Loring, at Dude Files, Dude the Monkey, at gmail.com, at Dude the Monkey. We're out. Liz.